Our emotions are designed, they're designed to inform us, not to direct us. There is no number you're ever going to get to that is going to heal whatever is going on inside of you. I think defining what it means to be a man is not possible. And, and when I say I don't think it's possible, I think I mean on a mass scale of agreement throughout societies. Oftentimes, anger is simply sadness masked. Because I feel like you never really stop growing. And if you have stopped growing, like you're already dead in the water. You know, stagnation is synonymous to death. You are now embarking on the imperfect experience. Welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Pod. I really hope you enjoyed the new intro, got some new music, um, got some new clips there for you. So I really hope you enjoy that. Uh, and today's guest is Jake Kelfer. Jake is a lifestyle entrepreneur, life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers helping people create incredible impact and profitable businesses. He is the best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network, a high-energy motivational speaker, and the founder of Professional Basketball Combine, which helps NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. You can connect with Jake on social media at Jake Kelfer. And I'm really excited about this week's episode because we talk everything dating as an entrepreneur slash young man um, and the challenges behind that. But we'll get into it now. Welcome back, uh, the Imperfect Podcast listeners. I have a guest, Jake Kelfer. Um, Jake, the first question I always ask my guest is, who is one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to have, have over for dinner? And what would you cook for them? Come on, Luke. You're starting, starting me off hot, man. This is, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I, I think this conversation is going to be very powerful um, for all of us, you, me, and, and everyone who's listening. So I'm excited about that. Um, and to answer your question, you know, someone just asked me that, just asked me this the other day, and and I didn't have a great uh, a great couple of answers, but I did think about it a little bit. So now I'm prepared, and I think one of the people that I would love to have dinner with is Magic Johnson. He's been my favorite basketball player since I was growing up. He's been able to translate his ability to perform on the court to being an incredible businessman. And uh, I've always looked up to him. I've met him a couple times, but I would really, you know, I look forward to being sit, to being able to sit down with him before it's all said and done. Yeah. And what would you cook for him? What would I cook for him? Okay. So this is a great question. You know, I, I think what I'd have to do is I'd have to welcome him into, into my world of, of what I love to make, which is a, a, a dairy-free cheesy gordita crunch, which is my favorite food from Taco Bell, but I've now mastered my own recipe and as well as mac and cheese. Uh, dairy-free and gluten-free mac and cheese because I don't eat dairy. So that mac and cheese and, and, and that cheesy gordita crunch would, uh, would welcome him into my world. Give me the home court advantage for once. Perfect. And, and do you not eat dairy because vegan, uh, lactose, or, or just health reasons? Mostly, uh, no, all, 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 all because of lactose. That's for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so you are the best-selling author, author of Elevate Beyond, and your whole mission is to elevate and inspire people. And but kind of before we get more into your story, what does the word elevate mean to you? So elevate's a big part of what I do. Uh, I have Elevate Beyond, Elevate Your Network as my books. I have shirts with Elevate. Like That's like my thing. And really what that means is I want to elevate people to achieve their greatest potential of success. And to take that even one step further is every interaction that I have with someone, I want to make an elevated experience. 
I want to make it that that person walks away from their experience with me better than when they walked into that experience. And so Elevate to me is just, let's go to the next level and let's do it together and let's have a damn good time in the process. Yeah. And I love that. I like what your energy is, is so fun, so engaging. Um, so that's why one of the reasons I was so excited to do this is because I'm just finishing up a work day and obviously I want to have energy for the rest of the night. And I know that uh, you'll help me get there, but in regards to something I'm really curious about is, you know, you reached out to me, you've been on other podcasts about masculinity. What does masculinity mean to you? And and why is this a topic or an interest that you're discovering or practicing now? Well, mas- masculinity means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it. For me, masculinity is something, and, and look, I, I've been very blessed with two amazing parents. I have a younger brother. I've been blessed with two amazing parents. And I grew up always knowing how to treat people the right way, how to treat women the right way, how to treat men the right way, how to treat whoever the right way. Um, but really for me, masculinity is about being your own person. It's about identifying what you really want in life, what you really desire in life and going after it. It's about being the person you were meant to be and living that truth, even if it's not the person other people want you to be. And Mm. I think that that is like a pillar to having a great life is when you can be fully yourself, you can become free. You can attract people that you want to attract people to. And that to me is like the best part for me about being a man is being able to, to set the stage and show other people of any gender, of any race, of any religion what it means to be the best version of themselves. And that's how I kind of interpret masculinity and how I, and how I kind of approach my life as a man. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that angle, one, one thing I've always been curious about is how do you understand masculinity? Like who was that core person in your life that showed you what being a man was or, or a good person was? Cause you kind of highlighted that it's more than just being a man. It's about being a good person. And you and I, in our initial conversation had a conversation about, a conversation about your mom being a social worker. Um, but I'm always really curious where that comes from. Cause as I've gone along this journey, I see that it's not always men and in, in, in young men's life that show them what masculinity is. So I'm curious to who was your bright light in that regard? I think there's been a lot of, a lot of people, you know, and, and some of the people that are unexpected, I don't even remember. Right. But mm. there were experiences and, and, and here, look, the two main people are my mom and my dad. Okay. My mom and dad have been married for 30 plus years. It, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. My, my dad is one of my heroes and the way he treats my mom, the way he has built his life around her and me and my brother, like that to me is aspirational. That to me is admirable, right? And so when I think about that, my dad never missed a single sporting event for me when I grew up. That's the coolest thing. That's, that to me is winning, right? Is when you can do that, if, if that's what you want though, right? Some people mm. don't want kids and they just want to travel the world. That's okay. And then on the flip side is my mom. I've learned a lot about what it means to be a man by being able to be open about who I am and to not worry so much about what other people think, but to more importantly, to be proud of the person I am and the decisions that I make. And so she's really taught me, and you mentioned she's a social worker. She taught graduate school of social work at the University of Southern California. Like She has taught me so much about the power of vulnerability, the power of like expressing the, the imperfections of who we are as people. And to be honest, the more I've become vulnerable in things that I didn't think I could become vulnerable in or didn't want to be vulnerable in, the more success I'm actually seeing, the more I'm attracting the right people, the more people are relating to me, the more I'm feeling free in who I am and who I aspire to be. And so, you know, a lot of times too, and I'll take it one step further here is like when we hear vulnerability 
And, you know, it's great that we're changing the narrative in, in society today. It's a lot different than what's five years ago or 10 years ago even, right? But one of the things that I think is, is the most exciting about it is that vulnerability is not being soft. It's not a weakness. And a lot of men associate vulnerability as a weakness. A lot of women as well. Anybody, a lot of people, they really see vulnerability as, as a weakness. But I really believe vulnerability can become one of your biggest strengths. It allows people to get emotionally connected to you. And especially if you're building a business, people buy from emotion. They confirm mm. it with logic. So all of these things put together, you know, when you think about what is it, who has taught me how to be a man? I look at my mom, I look at my dad, and then I look at a lot of other experiences. I look at my friend groups, see what they're like. I'm a very observant person. I like to see what's going on. I like to learn from people. You're a product of your environment, right? If you hang out with X group of people and, and then you hang out with Y group of people, who you are as a person is going to evolve and change. And there are studies behind that, right, of understanding that. And so I think how I've become the person I am today is by surrounding myself with people that make a positive influence on me. There are people that I aspire to, to have characteristics like and then also do that in a way that I can stay true to myself. Mm -hmm. And you talked a lot about there about the power of vulnerability. And that's something I really want to go deeper into, into a conversation with you about because you've also mentioned in the conversations with me about practicing vulnerability. And that's something that is really kind of hard to, I guess, get a, a tangible idea of what that means. So for me, you know, I practice vulnerability by having this podcast because I'm able to share some of my story and go deep and share things that I never shared before. And it's very freeing in that way. But how do you practice vulnerability? Man, and I, I don't have the, the end all be all answer. I'll tell you that for sure. And this is a process, man. This, this is where it gets hard because, you know, we can talk about it. And here's the other thing. Vulnerability isn't, can be meaning a lot of different things as well, right? That's a beautiful thing about life is there's one word and it can mean so many things, right? To every person, every person's going to have their own experiences. And I think for me, like practicing vulnerability is, you know, when I was starting my business, it was getting on camera, even if I was scared of what other people would think about me. It was posting about the work that I was doing, even if I was nervous that people would be like, who are you to be posting this stuff, right? Mm. And then it's evolved. It gets to a higher level. Like, you know, when I'm dating, it's like, how much do I divulge? How much do I share as an entrepreneur, right? Do I want to, am I going to let someone in? How quickly, right? Like vulnerability is about expressing like for me, like also how I feel, letting people know that like, look, I, I really enjoy hanging out with you. I'd love to bring you on my podcast, all right? It's, and it's doing things that, that kind of make me feel uncomfortable. And I know that when I'm doing things that make me feel uncomfortable that are for a greater cause versus serving my own ego, that's when I feel like I'm in my most vulnerable state, which is also my growth state in a way. And, mm. um, and you know, I, like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly learning and, and evolving and it's, it's, it's a process. But those are some of the ways that I really try to practice it is to get out of my comfort zone, do things that I know will produce something that could be great, but I'll never know if I don't give myself that opportunity or express myself in that way. Yeah. And now I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice vulnerability <laughs> because you mentioned uh, dating as an entrepreneur and not knowing when to open up. And, you know, I hear that. So I went to a university that is very popular for entrepreneurs up, up here in Canada. A lot of young people are now wanting to become entrepreneurs the hustle grind mentality makes it very hard for young men and young women to find a significant other or a significant partner because their mind is always on what they want to build. They get lost in the creativity. 
And I'm really interested in hearing how that's affected you. And we can go really deep into that because I think a lot of my audience could really understand or, or see that side of things. And when you, when you think about entrepreneur or business podcasts, they don't really go into that kind of vulnerable side of the dating world. So I'm really interested in it. If you could share a little bit more about your experiences dating as an entrepreneur. Yeah, see, like already, like I just wish I had like a solid, polished answer that I could I could spew right now. But there's but no that, such thing as a polished answer. <laughs> that's, that's I think what makes this this conversation that that we're having and we're about to dive into more interesting, right? And for me, my my journey has been one where I've been very focused on the relationship with myself and getting to know who I really am and the future I really want to create. Now, I've always known that. You know, when I've talked about my parents already and, and my brother and the lifestyle that, that I've learned from them, I've always had the aspirations to be an incredible dad and husband. Like to me, that is, that is the peak of, of why I've done everything I've done up to this point. Now, on the flip side, dating can sometimes be hard because when you're growing a business, you have time, right? You have, the, you have time that you're trying to pursue to create something great. And Sometimes you have to decide, okay, is it worth going out with some friends and maybe meeting someone or am I going to work this weekend, right? Especially in the beginning when you're starting out and you don't have the funds to go on all these vacations or you don't value it as much because you want to build your, your business. So for me, I, I missed out on some of those experiences because I made that sacrifice. On the flip side, I think about the person I am today and the person I was two, three years ago in my business. I'm much different and the person I would be more successful with dating is different. I think about some of the girls I date now versus some of the girls I dated back then. And they were short type things, but I'm looking for something different. I'm attracting something different now. And mm -hmm. so for me, I think one of the most important things that we can do as an entrepreneur when we're dating is first to really get real on like who we are and, and, and be very value-based, be very understanding, but also to be more open. And I think for me, part of it was the business wasn't as successful as I had wanted it to be in the very beginning, right? So I didn't think girls would see me as being as valuable at any, as much, right? There was always that conflict uh, between my extraordinary confidence that I possess normally and then also still being worries, like worrisome about how would they respond to an entrepreneur who's just starting but hasn't made it yet mm. based on what I thought other people's definition of success was. Mm -hmm. so I think that that's something like, like really unique. And, and for me, it's been an evolution to get to this point. And I think now I'm in a great place though, where when the right girl comes around, I'm ready versus in the past where my value was and my, my drive was on the business. And I wouldn't have been able to be the best boyfriend or the best future husband that I could have been. But now I know I've set myself up to where I can be open about these things. I can express how I feel to someone without worrying about that rejection. I'm open about these things. I'm willing to share more about my business and what I'm doing in my dreams. Because if, if, if you can't support me on my dreams, then we're probably not going to be good for, in the long run anyways. Mm -hmm. So why try to hide some of that stuff? And a lot of entrepreneurs, they play this game of what should I or shouldn't I say? How open, how close should I be? Am I, should I go out or should I pursue the business? Should I go have fun? Should I work hard? Like, where do you get the breather? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Cause that's something that I think about a lot and just, you know, I want to live my life as a young man, but I also want to create something here. And it's really challenging to do both of those things and, and understand where the 
where the boundaries are. And kind of like what you said, it's I'm like, I wouldn't consider myself an entrepreneur um, because I'm not planning to grow this into a business right now. Like that's not my focus, but it's, it is something that takes up a lot of my time. And you mentioned there how you're worried about how they would see your success. But also another thing that I can relate to that you, that you mentioned is, you know, am I personally ready for a relationship? Is that something that I think I do? Because, you know, I'll distract myself with all the dating apps right now. And, and it is, then I realize I'm not focused on my business and I do need to become a better person before I enter a relationship. And there's just, they both take time out of each other. Is that something that you struggle with too? Uh, like in terms of, I guess, cause it's more about understanding your, your own priorities, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's right. I think, I think it's pr- figuring out your priorities. Like in business, if you want more clients, you got to make more sales calls in dating. If you want to get on more dates, you got to talk to more women or, or talk mm. to more men. Right. And so, so I think like it's about understanding what your priorities are and then making sure you allocate the time because look, we always have time to do it, right? I mean, Elon Musk has the same amount of time in a day that we do, right? It's about how do you use the time and what do you prioritize to spend your time doing and who do you spend your time with? And so I think like for me, like I've started to make it a priority and, and at the time of this recording, like we're not as social as we as we used to be or, or will be shortly. But, you know, I've been making it a, a priority of mine to try to do more FaceTime dates or to be open to at least dating, even though I'm working really hard. And I know for me, it's opening me up to more and more things. Um, I'm having a great time. I'm meeting some incredible girls. Some girls it's going, it's great, but we can't meet each other. Some girls, you know, it's like, nah, this isn't a good fit, but I'm glad we did this. Like, and I think that's, I think that's part of it, you know? And, and, and I think it's being, being willing to like try these things and dating's new in this time that we're talking right now. Like yeah. there's, there's so many factors. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, for me, I really do believe that you can have it all. I really do believe you can have it all, but I also believe that you can have happiness in the pursuit of it all. And mm. this is where I think the biggest difference is between a lot of people because people want to say, oh, you can't have it all. And it's because they don't have it all. It's because they're still seeking for whatever it is. Now, I told you, one of my biggest dreams is to have a wife and kids. Great. But that doesn't mean I can't be happy in the pursuit of that. It doesn't mean I can't enjoy everything, the ups and the downs along the way. And so what I tell people is that in order to have it all, you have to be clear on what it is that you want, what it is that you desire, what are your values. But then you also have to be willing to say, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And also, how can I have fun while I'm trying to get there? And that's how you start to be happy in the process. That's how you start to create more success. It's how you start to build your confidence. It's how you start to see more and more progress. And that's how I think, like, for me at least, I'm, I'm working it out. And I'm very happy. But I'm nowhere near where I ultimately want to be in, in my business or in my, my dating life or my romantic life relationships, right? But I'm getting closer every day and I'm more and more open about what I'm looking for. I know the personality of the girls that I'm seeking out. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a powerful thing when you can get to know people at these intimate levels and you can get to know yourself at an intimate level because you can be more honest about it. And when you're more honest, then it makes it easier. Yeah. And going back to the honesty and vulnerability thing that you said uh, a few minutes ago, and I, I think that was really powerful because something that I do on first dates is I probably, I wouldn't say I'm an oversharer, but I'm not an undersharer. 
I am very clear about what I want. I, I give off the energy that I think my future partner would desire. And I let them know that, you know, these are my future goals. This is the, these are the things that I do. These are what's important to me. And we have to decide now, basically on our first date, if there's going to be a second date based off of these criteria. Like a lot of my dates were three or four hours long, just just conversations with with great women. And, you know, sometimes it worked that we really got along, but our our values didn't line up. Other times it was just bad. And other times it was, okay, let's go for a second date. I really admire these things about you, but then we just got too busy. And so how... I'm really interested in, in, because I've always had this conversation with myself is how vulnerable is too vulnerable on a first date? Do you, do you have that line for yourself? Is there something, things that you refuse to share? What are the things that you share on your first dates? I have, I have no rules like that. Um, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm not the expert, right? I'm not the one ma- married, right? Like, like, and, and I, and look, I think even married people don't have the exact answer. It just, what worked for them was with the right person at the, that right time. And, and I, I think this is, this is so funny, right? It's like, how vulnerable should we be? How vulnerable shouldn't we be? And I've, I've thought, obviously, a lot about this, right? I think most single people do at some point. is like, should I play this game? How often should I text her back? How long do I wait before I text her back? Can I call her the day after? All this, all this bullshit stuff that we continuously go through and run in our minds. Every person has done it, right? At various different ages. After a breakup, you start thinking of different things. After uh, a one-night stand, you think of different things. There's always different things, okay? Now, for me, though... What I've come to realize is I will, I will be me and I'm going to be unapologetically me. And of course, I'm not going to jump in on the first five minutes and just spew everything out. Of course not. But I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to listen to the other person. I'm going to treat them well. I'm going to hold the door open. I'm going to, if they ask me about myself, I'm going to tell them about myself. And I'm not going to try to appease everything that they want to hear. I'm going to tell them how I feel, who I am as a person. And if that's not what they're looking for, then that person is probably not worth it to me. I don't just go into dates at this point now, hoping that I'll impress them because that's Mm. how I used to do it. It's like, I hope that I impress them enough for them to want more. But I think it's the other way around now. I want them to impress me. So we both want more. Right. And, and, and I think that's been a huge shift for me. And, and I think for a lot of people, and, and when we've talked about dating and with a lot of people is, is, is that concept. Because I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs that are single. And one of the big reasons for that is, is for all the things that we've talked about today. But I think for me, like, I'm not going, this, this is not like a business deal. This is not like that. There's, there's nothing I can control about this situation, right? It's an emotional thing, obviously physical interaction, uh, attraction, but it's an emotional connection. It's a real thing that you have to build and you have to talk about things. You have, I have to share my feelings, things that maybe I don't want to do, but in that first date, like I, I think it's really important to go in there and, and I'll say this part again. I think this is one of the most powerful things I've said is that it's important not to just go in there to just impress them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it is important to put your best self forward, right? Mm-hmm. To be and represent your masculinity in the way you want to be seen because appearances do matter. That's sure. To dress nice versus dressing like a slob, that can make a big difference in terms of getting to the point where the emotional connection matters. Okay. But I will say that it's not just about me impressing them. It's about them having to impress me through our conversation. Take Mm -hmm. the physical part out of it from the emotional standpoint in the conversation. I also want to be impressed. It's not just enough for me to impress them. And I think that's something very powerful and a mindset shift that a lot of people will benefit from.
Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And and you don't mean it in the sense of impress you as in they're putting on a performance for you. You just mean this is you want them to impress you, that you want them to put their best person forward as well. And I think it's so honest that it's truthful on those first dates because you know, you don't want one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people go through is they they live kind of like the first three to six months of their relationship, even if they're together, as this facade of who they actually are. They try to beef themselves up to be better than obviously you just go back to what you're comfortable doing. And I think that's why it's, as, as you said, it's important to be impressed, but also to impress, but not putting the pressure on yourself to impress. Show up un- unapologetically for who you are. And you know, I think that sometimes that gets a bad rap because it's very selfish or like selfish in air quotes, however you want to look at it. It's very much about, you know, what are they doing for me? But I, I don't think there's any bad intention in that because it's, it's at the end of the day, two people trying to figure it out and you can't figure it out based on a performance or based on some false narrative that they've projected of themselves. Well, well, look at this. Look, like if we, if we had this conversation, right, if, 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 if I go on a date, right, and I focus on really trying to impress that other person or even just, even just really try to be that person I think they really want me to be, and I wow them, and I, I do everything right. I play the game right. I'm smooth. I'm, I'm talking a little bit about myself, so I'm not like just bullshitting the whole time, but like I'm definitely playing the game right? Versus mm-hmm. trying to play the long-term, like not, not saying we're going to date them long-term, right? In that, in that first interaction, but playing the game of like being who I am. And you're, and instead you're playing this short-term game. That's really just all about trying to make them happy. Well, let's say that works. Let's say you, that works and it works for two weeks. It works for three weeks. It works for a month. It works for two months. At a certain point though, she's going to realize that you're not that person. And so while being selfish may seem selfish in the beginning when you take care of yourself and when you make sure that she impresses you and that and that you're both being authentic and vulnerable, you're going to save her three months of attachment, a month of attachment, two months of attachment by trying to be the person you think she wanted you to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to work out in the long term. Could it be great for those that month or so? Sure. But you're not going to be happy with yourself. And then your relationship's going to suffer. And that's not how, what you want to be in as well. So I think that's also like, you know, when I think about it now, it's more about like, we, we got to be a good fit. Like both parties have to be a good fit. And if you're trying to, you know, put something on that's not really you and I'm trying to put something on that's not really me, it's, that's more selfish than being more upfront and honest about who you are and what you're looking for. Because nobody wants to get into a relationship, get emotionally invested and then feel like that's not even the person they're really dating. Yeah. And I, so I have a, I have a, I have a pretty personal question for you right now is, has there been a time in your life where you've met an amazing girl or amazing woman and you kind of lost her because you focused too much on your business? Has that ever been an issue that that's actually come up where you've actually had that happen? I think I've driven, I think I've had girls. I know I've had girls where my ambition is too big for what they're ready for or what they want. And Mm. I think in the past, I've tried to hold back that a little bit because I know that. And I think now that ambition is what makes me special. Like that ambition is something that is one of my greatest qualities. I've learned how to be better at slowing down that ambition into enjoying the moment versus just being always forward thinking and future thinking. But I do think that that has played a role in my previous, in my previous dating, in my previous dates. I think that it's a lot because I'm a lot. Like I have these ambitions. I have a lot of energy. I understand all that. 
But I also think it's just as important that someone has to appreciate that if it's going to ever work out in the long term. So uh, it hurts when that happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't when someone's like, wow, like you're just, you're too much. Your ambition's too big. You're, you're focused too much. Like that stuff hurts. But now I've also like made time for my priorities, which to me is dating, which to me is getting to find the right woman like that. If that's the most important thing for me, then I have to find ways to do that. And are there things that I can do to be a better first date, a better second date? Of course. And I'm learning those things, right? And I'm, I'm learning, okay, how to now take it to the next level of the relationship. I'm, I'm learning throughout this whole process. And, and I think that's, that's all we can ever ask about. And when I keep learning, I keep connecting deeper. And when we keep connecting deeper, I'm going to find eventually, I know that I'm going to find Mrs. Kelfer. I know she's mm-hmm. out there. And she's going to be the most amazing woman. And I'm going to be the most amazing partner for her. And it's, we're going to have an incredible relationship. I wholeheartedly believe all that. And I think a lot of it, though, is those experiences, the, the, the terrible moments in our life, the rejections, the moments where like people put us down or make us feel like we're putting ourselves down. Those are the things that get us to the point where we need to be in our life when we are receptive and open to the right relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you said that, too, is that because um, that's something that I, I think of all the time is is, you know, sometimes I'm, I like to talk to the person or the, the girl that I'm talking to, but I don't like to come across as needy, but I don't like waiting three days for text either. So I'll double text. And, and I always think, you know, am I, am I playing the game correctly? Am I not playing the game correctly? I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day because it does get hurtful to be like, I clearly am showing that I'm interested in her. I'm clearly showing all these things. This is, this is the true version of myself and they're not being receptive of that. Do I need to change? And I loved how you said, no, I'm not going to change. I'm, I'm going to find the right woman for me who fits the needs and, and loves the passion that I have, because I would agree that that is your superpower. That is something that makes you special. That is something that makes you unique. And, you know, just some people don't match that energy and some people don't want that energy. And, and that's the whole part of the dating experience. But it's hard not to internalize that and cast that as I need to change. I am flawed. Yeah. And look with the texting thing and the game thing, right? Like there's, there's ways to, to date and, and win the game and there's they, there are ways not to do it. And I think, I think something that I've been, you know, I like answers. Okay. As, as someone in business, like I, I, I want answers. Like don't, I don't want to wait three and a half weeks. If you say you're going to respond one week when in a job interview, right? Like, like when I was in college, I was like, if you tell me you're going to respond next week, like respond next week. Right. But that was part of me being needy as is the word we're going to use for this, right? Like that was me being needy because I needed that to validate, right? Mm. And so when you text, when, we, when we're talking about the texting girls, it's like, if you are forward and you make your intentions clear, which is also one of the biggest problems I don't think we make enough is being forward with what we are hoping for the result, essentially, like letting them know that we do enjoy them, that we do like them, that we do want to see them again. Sometimes we don't even say that in in a clear enough way. But then when we text them, text them, if they don't respond to the advances, then they'll respond when they're ready or they won't respond. But either way, that's not on you to be responsible for, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, that's, that's been a great realization. It's like, look, I'm going, if I like you, I'm going to let you know I like you. And if you don't like me or don't want me, you can tell me that. And if I'm not right for you, that's okay. You're saving us a lot of time in the long run because there is that person. And there's multiple people maybe right? Like I'm mm-hmm. sure I could find love in a lot of people. There's a lot of wonderful women in this world, right? And is there one that that's forever? Are there multiple that's forever? Who knows? I know that there's one for me that's forever, but could there be multiple of those people? And it's whoever I find first, 
right? Yeah. Like that's, that's something we could talk about for years, you know? But I think, I think really what it comes down to is, is as I've evolved, as I've learned, as I've experienced everything in dating, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be me. I got to express my feelings. That's something that I've struggled with. I got to express my feelings. I have to let them know who I am. I have to make sure that I, I do the things that make me stand out. And I have to be a great listener. I have to understand, right? Because some people want just a nine to five job. That would never be my lifestyle. Does that mean I can't love you for having it? No. But for me, it's about understanding this whole thing. And so I think, you know, like as we're talking about all this stuff, like, like this is this is good because it forces us to reflect on who we really are. And I think that's like the first big thing. And then being unapologetically, I think that's so, so, so powerful um, in everything that we do, specifically in, in, in dating too. Yeah. And, and as an entrepreneur, when you go on dates, do you have a rule of not talking too much business? Uh, because as an entrepreneur, it can be very much um, selfish or egotistical or however may it come across? Do you have a rule about that? Or is that part of being unapologetically you too? I don't like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have rules. I mean, here's, here's what I, the rule that I do have is when I go, when I go on dates is like, I want to get to know you. I genuinely want to get to know the girl as, as, as much as I possibly can. Um, and as appropriately as I can, right? Like, there are, there are definitely boundaries. Like you're not going to jump in in the first five minutes and, and ask her to have sex with you. You're not going to jump in the first five minutes and, and ask her her life's ambitions probably and, and everything about her and her religious preference and if she wants kids. Like I'm not going to do that. But I, I am going to ask a lot of questions because I think dating about getting to know someone and seeing if there's compatibility there. And, you know, I, I look at a lot of my friends and, you know, a lot of that has to do with timing. A lot of it has to do with them going on the date and just asking questions. I look at the relationships that have failed. Like I, I, I look at these things because I, I want to see, right? And, and I kind of like learn from everybody. But look, if you like the girl and the girl likes you, you both will know and it'll move forward. Sometimes that's in the form of t- taking them home from a bar. Sometimes that's in the form of getting a second date. Sometimes that's in the form of uh, dating, for, dating for a month. Sometimes that's in the form of being a long-term relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you'll know. And, um, but I don't, I don't have any like rules on that. I definitely don't want to just talk her ear off about everything that I do. That, that to me, isn't being a good conversationalist. Um, and I always, I always want to get to know her. Like that's, that's what I like to do is I like to get to know the other person. I like to ask questions. I like to listen. I like to ask follow-up questions to me. That's like unbelievable, uh, it's unbelievable for me to, to be able to do that and get, get to know someone at, at that intimate of a level through the questions I ask. Mm-hmm. And, and have you ever been in a relationship as an entrepreneur, a long distance one? Or sorry, not a long distance, a long term one? I haven't had, I've never actually had a seriously long relationship. Um, I've had a couple months, you know, those types of things, but I've never had a serious long term girlfriend. Um, and I, I think I can attribute that partially to growing up. I, I, I wanted to, you know, I, I liked everyone, everyone, you know, it was always like kind of like shorter things. Um, I think as I've been an entrepreneur in the beginning, I just wasn't ready. I don't think I could have handled it really. Like I think I could have, but I didn't know that I would have wanted to, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if the right girl would have been around and I was open to receiving that and, and loving her and loving and her loving me, I probably would have found a way to make the time. But because I didn't see that happening, I don't think I was mentally ready for that. Um, so it's, you know, that's, that's been something that I've always thought about too. And it's like, 
oh, now I don't have, I've never had a long-term relationship and I'm 27. Like, what does that mean? Are, are, you know, and I used to think like, oh, are girls going to think, think about that? I was like, why? Like he's, that must, he must be so weird then. Like, why doesn't he? Like, you yeah. know, because I think about like what guys talk about with girls, right? It's like, oh, they've never dated someone for like a year. Okay, what does that mean? Are they just are they just trying to sleep around? Do they are they crazy? Like we we all everyone thinks about the same things, right? On the on the other side of whoever it is that you're dating, the other party, right? And and, and but now again, going back to the same thing of like how I've gotten to know myself enough, like that's just part of who I am. That that's where I'm at at this point. And I really don't think that me not being in a relationship is going to be the reason why a girl doesn't end up uh, liking me more or less because of yeah. That. Yeah. No, I agree. Because I've never been in a relationship either. And I'm like, if I think about why, it's not because I haven't asked out girls. I've been on plenty of dates, but it's because I feel like I'm in tune enough with myself to know that one, it didn't work or two, the timing wasn't right of whatever we were pursuing. And and I think that that's a really important, I'm, I would much rather be 23 years single, like I have been, than be in a relationship that cost me two years of my life because I forced it um, or I thought I was ready for something I wasn't. So, so kind of going back to, you talked a lot about morals, values. What are some of the morals and values that you think are most important in a woman for you? Man, hey, you weren't kidding me. You were like, man, we're going to expose the depth <laughs> of, of what's going on, man. This is this is gold. Um, also needed just a little breather there to gather my thoughts. So the uh, the the values is like, so I'm I'm Jewish. Um, I like to me that that is important. I don't. That's not an end all be all. I'm, I'm open to love more so, but I believe that like. Finding a Jewish woman for me will be will be great because when you have that shared background, it'll make the the values the values even even more intimate. Is that from a traditional relate traditional belief or from a religious belief? In what sense? So finding are a you? Girl? Yeah, finding a Jewish girl is that more because of the religion or is it just tradition wise? Purely, purely that's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I know this, my parents wouldn't care ever what I would do, but for me. I've noticed that I do get along better with sometimes Jewish girls because you have that commonality, right? Just like in any regular relationship or any business relationship, when you can find that bridge of commonality that takes you beyond the surface quicker, you have those things, right? A girl from your hometown, is it's a similar type of thing, right? Somebody that works in the same industry as you, you already get to ask questions that you because you already know something about what they do or who they are as a person, right? Um, but so that's something that, that interests me a lot. And, you know, I, I've thought about this because it's like, and I know I like, like, I know I like different types of girls because of that. Um, but I also really like girls who are, who are confident, like, as we're talking about, like, I'm very, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm a lot, I'm a lot, I got a lot going on here. Right. Like, like I'm a social guy. I'm at, if we go out with friends, like I'm talking, I'm hanging out. Like I want a girl who can be good friends with my friends. Like social has a good sense of humor. Um, you know, like things like that. She, she values family. Family is the most important thing to me. We, I mentioned that probably a hundred times so far. Like yeah. family is, if, if, if she doesn't value family or doesn't want kids, it's probably not going to work with me. Like, cause I want kids now. Could that change? Of course. But that's kind of some of the things that like, like I look for good sense of humor, respectful, cares about people, treats people well. Like, I don't know what I'm saying like all the greatest qualities that everybody wants, right? But like yeah. for me, I know how like I interpret those when I say them and it, how I know like after dating a bunch of different girls, I know kind of like, okay, I know I like this versus I like this. 
And I know I like this versus I like this. And I know she likes this versus she likes that, right? And so I've learned um, kind of like the bits and pieces from the girls I've dated. And, and I know that, that that girl's out there. And I know there's never going to be the perfect, perfect person, right? Nobody's perfect, right? But there can be somebody that um, shares the same values, that shares the same commitment, that shares potentially the same religion. And those things will get you to, to push through some of the things that aren't perfect in a relationship because no relationship's perfect. Even yeah. my parents who have one of the greatest relationships I've ever seen. That relationship ain't perfect, right? And I've learned, I'm learning and I'll always be learning. And when I get into this relationship, I'll keep learning and I'll make a ton of mistakes. I will probably say shit that'll piss her off. I'll do shit that pisses her off. But I promise like I'm going to work on it. And I think like, again, for me, that's important for me to be able to verbally say, just being willing and knowing that I'm available to do all of these things, I think could go a long way. And we'll find out, you know, we'll find out. Yeah. Now to take that a step further, you said you've learned how to interpret it. Why don't you tell me how you interpret confidence, self, uh, uh, self-esteem, sense of humor? Because I think that is, it's something that we don't talk about enough is we, we say these, these terms, but you know, what it means to me is not the same. It means for you. So I, I'd really like to, I think that'd be a lot of insight to the young men listening to this is, is learning how to interpret that for themselves. So I'm, I'm curious to hear kind of how you interpret those things. I think, I think this is, it's, it, this is going to be a good one to try to get me to interpret this uh, because everyone will interpret it a different way. But when I think of like a sense of humor, for example, like I want a girl who, who instead of just agreeing and laughing with everything I'm going to say, because some people would say that's a sense of humor. I want a girl that, yeah, she's going to laugh because that makes me feel good, right? But I also want her to laugh genuinely, but I also want her to call me out if it's bullshit. Like, mm. I think that's so important. I think like honest communication is so important. And interpretation of that is like, look, don't just agree with everything because you feel that you're supposed to on me or on her. Call me out. Let me know that you disagree with that. And I think that's like, I think that's a, that's a pillar of building attraction to somebody else as well. And so that's something when I think about like, um, being able to hold their own with my friends. Like I want my friends to tell them to be after like to hang out with them. And I'll, I'll, when I'm dating her, I'll like go get us drinks and she's hanging out with my friends. And after they'll be like, dude, Kelf, she's great. Like she's, she's cool. Like she can hang with that. Like those are the types of things. Cause you know, sometimes you're out with somebody and, and even with other friends when they're first dating them. And I've been that person, right. Where I get to talk to the, the other person and I, they come back and I'm like, dude, this, she's not the one for like, she is not it. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't, she's not it. And, and most of the time those end up not working out, right? Because your friends know you too. So, so I think that's like an, an important way to interpret it is to understand that, right? I think eventually once they're like, I, here's, a, here's another great topic. I am totally comfortable with like someone meeting my parents or my brother like early on, but I know that that's something that, that can kind of be off-putting or intimidating to, to, to women um, too early on. I, I totally understand that. So like, that's what I'm talking about. Like honest communication is like, be honest, um, but also be respectful of who they are and who, who I am. Right. So, I mean, does that kind of answer some of those interpretations or is there any other characteristics that like I mentioned that that might be intriguing to kind of hear my interpretation of? No, no. I think that was a good tangible picture of it because when you were explaining, you know, you want her to be able to hang with the boys or hang with your friends. I think that was really important to me. And I was talking to this girl once, and, um, I'm someone that, you know, when I'm with a group of people, I'll 
migrate from group to group and I'll talk to different people there. And I don't want her by my side the entire time making me or forcing me to introduce her to everyone. I want her to be enough, like, you know, feel free enough to, to walk around, introduce herself to other people, not be by my side kind of all the time. Like it's a leash. I want her to feel comfortable and, and confident enough to go speak to other people. And that's kind of how I see confidence. Well, I think it's also very important to note when you, when you mentioned that, that, it, that I do believe it's my job in that situation, right? If she's coming out with my friends, like I already know she's in a new environment. It's my job to make sure she feels comfortable. I yeah. would never want her to feel uncomfortable, right? That, that, that's, you know, and, and I think that's very important to know because there's so many little things here that we can dissect. But like, I want her to come out with me. I want her to be around my friends. I want her to, to want to be there. And, and I totally respect, like, maybe she's not a huge extrovert. Maybe she doesn't, like, love meeting new people or, or she could be a little intimidated. And, and that's always the case sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's my job to make sure she's comfortable, to make sure she's introduced to everyone, to make sure she's in an environment that is, she feels safe, that, feels, that she's not just around like six guys and three girls and, and she's worried about the guys all hitting on her and all this stuff. Like, like yeah. there's, it's your job, I believe, at least for me, like I would, I would take care of her to, to that point. But if there was a, a separation or, or there was a reason for us to go off or if she was wanting to go off with her friends, like I would interact with her friends, right? And kind of just and kind of be there and hang out. Like, I think that's give and take a, a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I would definitely make sure, though, that for whoever's listening here is that if you do bring a girl out with your friends, you're not leaving her and to the wolves. Right. Yeah. For questions yeah. And answer and leave. Right. And, and, and because that can that can also be a turnoff for her on your side is, wow, he just left me. Meanwhile, you think you just went to go talk to a friend and it was totally chill. So I think it's I think it's our job to always make sure, at least I think it's my job. I'm not going to put words in anyone else's mouth here. I think it's my job to make sure I give her a sense of safety. I give her that comfort. I give her the introductions. I make sure she feels welcome, that, that she's wanted. Um, because that is always an interesting di dynamic when you do bring a girl to meet your friends for the first time or a guy to meet your friends for the first time. I think there is always that interesting, like, because you're telling the guys, guys, hey, uh, even if they have their girlfriends or if they're bringing somebody through, it's always like, Hey, you know, I'm bringing someone tonight or she's coming. Like, you know, just, you know, you, you give them the heads up. And I think, and I think also for the girl, she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm meeting his friends tonight. Like, what do I do? How do I do it? Right. And we always, and it, vice versa, right. If I'm meeting her friends, Oh my gosh, I'm meeting her friends. Like, am I ready for this? Like I got to put on a show. Cause you want to impress the friends. Like you, you want to impress the friends, yeah. but I think it's super important that you do uh, uh, put them in the right situation. Um, so that everybody can, can get the best out of it. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't mean it in that context, but I didn't no, totally, like totally. back it up in that context. But, um, yeah, I, I was just like, you know, down the, I said down the line, if you met my friends and you'd known them and, and totally, um, totally. she was like, she was like, that's when she'd still go off her own. I'm like, uh, no, nah, I don't really like that. Cause I, I'm more of an outgoing. I like talking to strangers, you yeah. know, when it comes to, personality or sense of humor i think calling people out for false sense of humor is especially or bad sense of humor especially in today's age when you're making like inappropriate jokes or you know jokes that are maybe 10 years in the past it's important to have that accountability partner um for sure and so definitely understand a lot of what you were saying there in the sense of humor and, and making sure that you're not over the line or you know you're getting called out i think honest communication is a, the biggest one for me that's why i'm so adamant on practicing it on the first date but I have another question for you is obviously because this is a podcast, but would you date someone 
who is business minded and bring them on as a business partner? Is that something that you've ever considered? Is that something that you would look into that she would be involved in your business? Yeah. I mean, look, the situation has not presented itself as of this moment, but could I see um, a, a woman that I, that I work with being someone that I date romantically? Yes. Could I see someone that I date turn into part of the business? Yes. Everything that I do in my business is value ba- is value driven. Okay, it's it's profit focused, of course, but it's value and impact driven. And a big part of that, as I get older, will be including my family in my business. Will be in, in including my my kids in my journey and teaching them what I do and and showcasing them how to how to make good decisions and teaching them things that my parents taught me or things that my parents didn't teach me that I learned on my own in business. Right. And I think that I'm totally open to that. Um, I've, I've, date, I've dated some entrepreneurial women. I've dated girls that are the farthest from entrepreneurial women that want the most security ever, right? There's differences, but, but I think it'll come down to, you know, values and timing and we'll, we'll see exactly what, uh, what happens, you know, maybe in 10 years, we'll look back when I have a, a wife and kids, potentially, who knows, maybe it'll take longer, maybe it'll take shorter. And we'll come back on, you know, we'll be like, remember this conversation we had, man? And then, and then I'll say like, look, I found her. She's the girl I was talking about in this podcast. And yeah. here are our kids and you'll get a holiday card and it'll be like hilarious. And, <laughs> uh, but, but look, I, I'm, I'm, the point is to answer your question, I'm deaf. I'm open to it. I don't think I, I should cross things out before I give them a chance. Because I think that that's been something that I, I've, I have struggled with is not giving people enough of a chance or a long enough t- chance trying to find someone's flaws, trying to find someone's weakness before. That's not how you build an emotional connection that's, that's, that's deeper, especially in, in relationships. Um, and so for me, that's, that's been a very interesting, uh, interesting realization as well is like make sure you give everybody a chance to some extent. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm curious about, you know, you said you dated entrepreneurial women and sometimes we see the most friction with people that are most like us. Do you, is that something that you've witnessed? Is that women that you date that have their own businesses or, or are entrepreneurial? Like, even though you might understand how you're both ambitious, you don't have time for each other. Was that ever like a, a huge barrier or a huge friction piece for your relationships? It's, Again, I'm not. We're not talking here that it was like year long relationships, right? We've we've yeah. established that. So these these are shorter things, and I, you know, I think I think part of it is why we're attracted and why it works in the very beginning is because we have these entrepreneurial similarities. We're both driven, we're both ambitious. But then, I mean, for me, there's there's been times where that's also been like the problem is like we're too busy, too focused on this, and then we can't give each other the right time, or we're both a lot, right? And 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 it's becomes too much to get, you know, it's just different, right? Like, I, I don't even know how to explain this one. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that there are, there are definitely reasons that that those types of relationships uh, have not gone further. Um, not to say they can't, but there's some of the ones that I have, it just hasn't, it hasn't worked. But I think there's also a lot of pros in that. I think mm-hmm. it's just about finding the right mix and, uh, and finding the right timing and finding, you know, a lot of other variables and, and letting the stars align. Mm-hmm. And then kind of to, to switch up the conversation a bit, we've been talking about dating for, I think, 40 minutes now, which was kind of the main premise of, of, of what we wanted to talk about coming in. So that's good. Um, but I, I, you got a nice, nice little laugh on your face. Is this the longest you've ever talked about dating? 
this is definitely one of the longest concentrated periods of public uh, conversation I've, I've had. I, uh, I like to keep this internal um, and with my close circle. So this is, this is fun for me. It's, it's yeah. me being vulnerable and open. So uh, that's, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but then you also, we also talked a bit about ego kind of in between all of this. And, you know, I think that you've talked about how ego or confronting ego is your growth state and, and you can have a lot of growth out of that. So in terms of young men, um, you know, you've worked with athletes, rising stars, everything. What is some of the most damaging that, things that you've seen about ego in young men mm. and yourself? Mm. I think, look, I mean, ego is one of those things where I think that I want to, I want to word it beautifully. I'm, I'm, my, my brain is, is getting mush because we dove deep into that, that dating topic, <laughs> man. Um, no, I think, I think ego though is, is a stopping point for us to see what we're capable of because ego stops us from being vulnerable. Ego is the thing that's telling us that we are too good to try something new. Ego is the thing that, oh, we are super successful. Why do we have to do this? Okay. There's a difference between the confidence right? And the difference between the arrogance. Ego lends itself more to arrogance from my experiences. And oftentimes that can play a short-term win because the arrogance looks as false confidence and that can be a short-term win. But other times in the long game, that ego can stop you from achieving what you were destined to achieve. And so I think, you know, as, as a young, as young man is focusing on focusing on understanding the relationship with yourself. And I'll go back to that time and time again. And it's thinking about like, why do I have this ego? Why don't I think more confidently in myself, right? And really understanding these types of things internally and, and using them as, as a platform for your ability to grow as a human being, right? And when you think about ego, right? Ego tends to be something that is, has a negative connotation, right? Like ego, oh, this guy's got such a big ego, right? It doesn't mean that you can't have the same mentality it just means you act on it a little bit differently. And I think that that's something mm. that's so important. So for me, you know, like there have been times where I've had big egos and there's times where I haven't had a big enough ego. But at the end of the day, what serves me the best in my life, in my regular, personal, professional, all types of my relationships and in my business is being able to, to understand who I am and to not let other people dictate or have to overcompensate, aka my ego, for what it is that I'm aiming to do. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard what you just said, but it was kind of like this ego isn't about mentality. It's about action and kind of like, it wasn't exactly how you said it. You said it way better. Um, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. And I tried to write it down as quickly as possible, but you know, you, I, I agree with that so much because, you know, I think as I've grown up and I've started different things, I've always kind of lived a more confident life or I guess arrogant life as, as some people might say, um, but I think that that is the reason I am where I am today in, in producing this podcast and, and producing a lot of the things that have come to me in my life and, and learning is that I'm confident enough to go out there and fail and put myself on the line. And I don't really think of it as ego. Ego to me would be like, I'm the best because I started this podcast. To me, it's, I was confident enough to start this podcast. It's switching the mentality around. I don't see myself as better than anyone else, better than anyone else because of the podcast that I have, but I am, it's made me a lot more confident in who I am and my creative abilities and, and being able to converse with people about vulnerable things. And so that's why I really liked uh, that you said that. Cause I think it is um, very true. 
in regards to how young men can decipher between arrogance, confidence, and ego, what are some things that have helped you? I think it's coming from a place of intention. I think it's coming from a place of the type of person you want to be, the type of person you want to represent yourself as. Um, you know, when, when you look at some of the, the, the best performers in the world, it's, they're very confident in themselves and they know they're going to beat you, right? They're competitive, right? Like let's talk about athletes, right? They are competitive. They are going to beat you. They're going to win at all costs, but they are also willing to receive feedback, willing to learn. Ego can sometimes prevent that. Confidence exerts itself in a way that is attractive and gravitating, right? We all know those people that whenever you're around them, you are like, this per- I like this person, got it, right? And those people are the ones that typically possess more confidence than ego, okay? Because here's the other thing, and we talk a lot about this, is I don't think you can, you can be vulnerable when your ego is in the way. Because your pride represents how much ego you potentially could have, right? And when you're too proud, too prideful to admit something or to accept something or to um, talk about something, aka your vulnerability, there's, there's that difference and there's that gap. And in order to close that gap, you have to make the decision of which direction you want to go. And, mm-hmm. and look, I'd be interested on hearing like the science behind ego and vulnerability and, and the dichotomy there. But like, I just think about from my personal experiences, the people that I've worked with um, and everything that I've done, I think like the more I've been vulnerable, the more I've rem- like let go of my ego and the more I've turned that into confidence and my, and my ability to, to be great in whatever I, I desire. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, what you kind of talked about there was how ego is, is the, the protector of shame and it's, and it's vulnerability is the tool that kind of meets those both in the middle and exposes both of those for what they are, which ego is obviously something that we need to, um, it, it, it provides us or it blocks us from being vulnerable, but also, you know, we don't want to release our vulnerabilities because there's so much shame that we might have about those vulnerabilities. But as you and I have talked about earlier and throughout this entire podcast is, you know, what you're thinking and what I'm thinking are typically a lot of the same things. You know, that's one thing that I, I've realized as, as I've started this podcast is the problems that I face as a young man are the same problems that every young man faces. Like they're not unique to me and whoever thinks they are is kidding themselves. Like that's why I think this, this, these conversations offer so much value is because they allow the listener to, to hear things that are going on in other people's lives, realize that there's less shame that they need because more people are struggling with it, which allows them to give them or gives them the freedom to express themselves and be more vulnerable as they come out. And I think that's why ego, shame, vulnerability are so important in the pillars of being a young man and becoming a healthy young man um, in the way that you live spiritually, emotionally, um, morally values. Um, and there's there's things that I am ashamed about in my own life that I, that I haven't divulged and I'm still working through them. And when the time is right, I'll share them because it's protecting my ego right now. And I just think I th- the whole puzzle of it just fascinates me. I don't know if any of that made sense, but yeah. yeah. No, it, look, I, I hear you and, and there's, there's no right way to live life, right? There's no right way. There's no one size fits all. Someone may get married at 20, have kids by 23. Someone get married at 37 and have kids at 43. Someone may get married at 27, be divorced by 28, remarried by 33. And someone else may get married for the first time by 30. Five, right? Like 
when it comes to dating, when it comes to business, there's no one way it works for everybody. But I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the life we're given is it's our story. And you can always change your story. You can always evolve your story. You can always make your story have a better ending. You just have to be willing to think that. You have to be willing to believe that. And you have to be willing to go after it. And I think that is something that if I could leave people with today from everything that like we've talked about, like I believe that's a great summation of how we got to approach our life and, uh, and what you can do to, to, to maximize that. Totally agree. I was going to close it off there, but I, now I don't even have to. I was thinking, I'm like, man, man I was, I'm like thinking of all the things that I could do to close off the conversation. And you wrapped it up right before I thought about wrapping it up. And I'm like, that is exactly what I would have said, but you said it way better. Um, so I love that. Uh, that will be kind of the end of our main discussion, but, uh, Jake, you know, one thing I always ask my guests at the, or at the end of my podcast or, or let my podcast do is, is promote themselves, share what you've got going on in your life, where people can find you. Um, so why don't you do that? Take a, take a couple of minutes to do that now. Yeah. So the, the best place to find me are on Instagram at Jake Kelfer, just my first and last name on most social medias at Jake Kelfer. Um, you can follow me on my website, which is jakekelfer.com. You can join, we have a free Facebook group if you want to talk about relationships and business. Uh, that's called the Elevation Station. And then as, uh, as a little thank you for anyone that's, that's listened up to this point, um, I'll hook every one of your listeners up with a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network. All you got to do is just go to my Instagram, link in bio, or to my website and just, uh, just cover the small shipping fee and I'll send you out a free copy um, right to your doorstep as soon as, as soon as you put it in. Our team will get that to you. Perfect. Well, I'm going to do that uh, this evening then. Um, but Jake, it's been a pleasure having you on. I loved how in our initial conversation that uh, you said, you know, dating as an entrepreneur was not really something that you've gone down. And I said, we're going down that path. And you said, let's go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability. You know, you talked about it at the beginning, right before we went into this conversation about how do you practice vulnerability? I think this was a great um, summarization of, of all of that. And so I just want to thank you so much for taking your time, being here, loving and and um, discussing the idea of masculinity, vulnerability, emotion. Um, so I think, I know it's not easy to be on this podcast all the time from a personal level, but I want to thank you. And I think you did an amazing job. Yeah, man, dude, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for tapping into some good questions and, and doing your research and, and being thoughtful. So I appreciate it. I had a blast and hope everyone who listened like, gets a ton from this um, as much as I did. So thank you. Thank you everyone so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Imperfect Pod. I really hope you enjoyed it. I thought the perspective of dating from an entrepreneur's perspective was really interesting and cool and one that I want to take talk to Jake about. So I'm happy to, to have him on. And if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review, subscribe, follow. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to do them. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Imperfect Pod and message me there about any questions that you might have. Next week is dating from a woman's perspective, a young lady who actually went to high school with. Uh, so really excited about that episode as well to kind of carry over from both this episode and Jordan's an episode, I believe was 32 or 33. Um, so check that out too before next week's episode and we'll get into it. Cheers. Cheers.